Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here. And uh, Kyle is guaranteed at the end of our last podcast, uh, the Minnesota Vikings won. <laughs> And did I guarantee that? Okay. I, I guaranteed it. I don't. I, oh, you I, did. I was going to say, I don't recall making that guarantee, but okay. I, I think I also guarantee that they'd win against the Eagles, too. Um, so oh, wow. Yeah. So well, there's no repercussions. So it, yeah. uh, the guarantee means nothing at this point, but um, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I maybe yeah. wasn't guaranteed. I just, I thought, I thought they were going to win. They didn't, uh, but it really felt like they needed to win this. Um, right. especially after those first three games happen. And so, again, I think that as you look at the Vikings and you look at maybe even just you, we're going to open up the box score and look at some of the statistics. Uh, yep. Certainly wasn't a, the, the Vikings have had better statistical games this season, despite the losses. Um, oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. is it fair to say that like they just, they found a way to do it this week or is it strictly just, you can say, you know what? Carolina is just not, a good football team and thankfully the Vikings were just a little bit better. Yeah, I think it's probably a bit of both. You know, obviously it's you know, I, I think you're intentionally doing that. It's a bit of a false dichotomy. At least that's what Quasi would say. He doesn't love the binary way of thinking. Um Carolina is not a good football team right now. There's not. And Bryce Young, as of right now, is not a good quarterback. Um he may become one in time. Right now he is not. Now I I realize his Completion percentage is probably like eighty percent or something like that, or eighty-five. It's like insanely high. That that's largely by design, uh, both in the sense of Frank Reich just keeping the training wheels on and not really giving his QB much down the field, but also Brian Flores, the DC for the Vikings, being very content with keeping everything in front of them. The whole you know idea being, yeah, you can throw these bubble screens to Adam Thielen all day long. You know, at some point, you're going to have to take a shot to actually score on us. And in the end, that offense only scored six points. Three of those points came directly off of the Vikings' turnover. The other touchdown that they had was a defensive touchdown. So you think defensively, you only are actually on the field for six points. And three of the six that you're kind of responsible for came off an interception. And so you might say that really only three points were kind of purely on the defense. If you really wanted to be critical, you would say that, yes, the design was to let Bryce Young throw underneath. That, you know, that was obviously part of the strategy there and just rally to make a tackle. That's fine. That's one well good that has its merit, uh, especially if you're basically saying, we're going to shut down the run game and force Bryce Young to beat us, which I think is a wise move. The issue being... In the third quarter, Sam, the Panthers had the ball for 11 minutes and six seconds. The Vikings had it for three minutes and four seconds. In the fourth quarter, the Panthers had the ball for 12 minutes and 24 seconds. And the Vikings had the football for two minutes and 22 seconds, or 26 seconds, excuse me. So the Vikings are basically sitting at like six minutes or so, a little bit above six minutes. Meanwhile, the Panthers are at like 23, 24 minutes, which is like, that's like a mind-boggling discrepancy. And it would, if you just looked at that alone, you'd say the Panthers absolutely throttled the Vikings, uh, which is not indicative of what happened, obviously. So in the end, it was, you know, 38 minutes, 38 and a half minutes, the Panthers held on to the football. 
and it was basically like an impotent offense. Like there was no real threat at all uh, of them scoring basically at any point uh, beyond the pick six, which of course was a brutal decision from Cousins. Um, the other thing that I'll say that to the defense's credit, the Vikings only went one for eight on third down. And so if you want the time of possession battle to go poorly, uh, complete 12.5% of your third down attempts. And if you do it that way, you're basically going to ensure that your defense is on the field an awful lot. And for the Vikings, like the Vikings do not have a top tier defense. They don't. The eight plus for this season is if they have an average defense, right? Progress toward becoming an NFL average defense. And that would be a massive improvement. They took a step this game, but the offense really ideally is doing more to help them, especially with this reality that Alexander Madison and Cam Akers both ran the ball pretty effectively. Both had pretty good bursts in their legs. The Vikings offensive line did a pretty nice job of climbing to the second level, clearing lanes. Runners looked explosive, decisive, physical, you know, churning their legs. A lot of good things for the run game. A little disappointing the time of possession, which kind of speaks to, you know, obviously the Vikings aren't fully there yet, as well as speaking to two more turnovers. Right. So there's a lot in there, Sam. And I don't know how you want to unpack that, but it's the, the clear answer is, is that both Carolina is not a good football team. That is an objective fact. And then Minnesota did a lot of good things, but they're still not a good football team. Not yet. No, no. Again, and you touched on it. Certainly asking the question is realizing that uh, both things are true or have some truth to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll say this, that one of the things that does skew that, possession number is the fact that Carolina did go and have a, a long drive and then it ended with that that fumble. Uh right. And so having Harrison a defensive Smith, touchdown is going to skew that time of possession to an extent. Hundred percent. But as you outlined still like still that's a huge discrepancy. And uh if you look at the Vikings in terms of their drives and, and number of plays they had in the third and fourth quarter, uh Four plays, four plays, three plays, four plays. That's it. Yeah, um, yeah, and right, exactly. Again, one of those ended in a touchdown. Uh, right. yeah. One of those is at the end of the game, just running at the clock, ends and downs. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, like from an offensive perspective, uh, as much talk as there was about this being a top ten offense in the, the league, uh, this was not a great day overall for. The offense. I think you touched on like the run game was good, and I think uh, this was the best that we've seen of Alexander Madison. Uh, probably, yeah. In, in yeah. this season, uh, yeah, probably. Specifically, especially, I think uh, you just, I think having some competition, right? You have Acres come in, and you make a trade, and mm-hmm. it's like, hey, you know what? Uh, your job security is not um, not as strong as it was at the start of the year, and and both of them, as you mentioned, ran the ball well. Uh, but I think probably fair to say that uh, Cousins had some pretty nice stats going into week four. And mm-hmm. in some ways, there's some conversations about, you know, what, could he hit 5,000 yards this year? Uh, yeah. Definitely took a hit uh, yeah. this week going uh, only for 139 yards. Uh, yeah. One, one thing I'll say, I know you mentioned a bit of the Bryce Young piece. Uh, I was actually surprised that... Um, um, Adam Thielen only had seven catches. I thought he hit double digits. Like it seemed like he got a lot of targets. And again, I think that 
as Vikings fans, you're you're happy that at least the guy is getting an opportunity to still playing in the NFL and and seems mm-hmm. to be a meaningful part of of another team's offense. I think as you look yeah. at the Vikings and the talents talent that they have on the offense, uh, he was no longer going to be the number two wide receiver. Um, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't a reality. And so, just want to throw there. Nice to see him uh, a part of the offense. And again, seven catches, seventy six yards. Uh, not a bad day for uh, for Thielen. I, it would have been nice for the game to be in uh, Minnesota uh, as a bit yeah. of a homecoming, but uh, exactly you can't. It, it doesn't always work like that. Exactly. It's yeah. So okay. So a couple things at that point. Okay. So Bryce Young and then Thielen. So and and yes. Cousins has worst game of the season by far. By by far, Cousins has worst game of the season. Uh, they still won largely because of the defense. Thielen, yeah, I mean, he's there uh, for the most part. This wasn't exclusively true, but for the most part, his catches were bubble screens, simple cheap stuff, and finding a soft spot in the zone. And so he's not like scorching down the field, breaking through double teams you know, catching these long bombs. Like, he's kind of this, like, safety outlet for Bryce Young, which I think for right now makes a lot of sense for Carolina. I don't actually know if it's a winning combination. I mean, they're 0-4. So there's that. But it is it is good that he's somewhere where he's being used a lot. And if you have him in a PPR league in fantasy, you're probably happy to have Thielen. The other thing I'll say, and this is kind of goes back to the defense point and time of possession. So the, this is something that Mike Zimmer was kind of the master of. Okay, so the so step one, the Vikings defense presents a problem for Carolina, and we trust that Carolina is smart enough to come up with a solution. Okay, that's step two, Carolina solution. Vikings show a problem. That problem is the amount of pressure they're going to bring. Carolina responds with step two. It says, okay, we need to get the ball out quickly so that you know our quarterback doesn't get friggin' wallops, right? So they throw a lot of these bubble screens, get up to the flats. It was essentially the same thing that the Chargers did in week three, but with a lot more effectiveness, right? The good defense is going to have a step three and be able to attack the solution. So you present a problem, trust the offense will have a solution, anticipate that solution, and actually attack that solution, right? And that, I think, right now is what's lacking for the Vikings, is being able to step three. Zim, at his best was the master of attacking that solution. Fantastic at attacking that solution. Present the problem, discern the solution, go get the solution. And so in a lot of ways, that maybe is a bit of an abstract concept, but it kind of speaks to the chess match a little bit that coordinators are playing. And for Flores, everyone knows he presents a problem by sending so many people to the line of scrimmage, being so willing to blitz guys. Okay, fine. Um, what we haven't seen quite yet is that step three where he's being, you know, being able to attack those solutions, which, you know, so far hasn't been that sophisticated. It's throws to the flats, it's bubble screens, it's swing passes to the running back. It's that kind of stuff. Um, even simple things like, you know, when you're bringing heat, your corners have to do a really good job getting inside leverage on the receiver so that they don't get a free release for the quick slant passes. And I know it's tough, like Keenan Allen will shake you out of your boots at the line of scrimmage. It's tough to maintain your inside leverage. But those are things that the defense really needs to, and maybe they don't have the horses for it yet. Maybe the talent isn't there. Um, boys are boys. That that That's kind of where you'd hope this would go. And if you can attack the solutions effectively, 
then you don't have the Carolina Panthers holding onto the ball for 12 minutes because the Vikings are getting them in third and nine, showing that problem, and then being able to realize, dude, Bryce Young isn't throwing a 40-yard bomb towards the sideline. He's throwing little dinkers, and we're going to you know, attack those dinkers and basically you know, tackle the ball carry after two-yard gain, three-yard gain kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you you alluded to it. Like, I guess I was thinking, like, again, I think as you bring Flores in, you realize he certainly brings uh, a solid plan, but also, like, you know what his plan is. Uh, like, it's yep. like, and and again, I think that the realistically uh, with video and everything, you almost are okay with people knowing your plan in that oh, if, yeah. you, if you're yeah. good enough at doing and executing the plan. Um, yeah. Of course, but, yeah. But as you as you said, that step three, that okay, you know what? And this is so much of football, right? You you bring in your plan, the team's going to adapt, and then how do you adapt to their adaptation? Precisely, uh, it's that next step. And and I think part of the scheme, and and you, but you also lose like part of it might be talent. And I think as we look at this, mm-hmm. there's an understanding that there is some talent there, but it's growing, it's developing, and so. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the pieces that you can maybe find some encouragement on and realizing like, yep. we know this is not a finished product. And again, yep. this is week four of a really, like if you look at the defense last year versus the defense this year, it's a whole different ball game. Uh, yep. And I would say that um, up to this point, certainly the defense hasn't been strong, but I think it's probably been better than you'd expect in some ways like like if you look at the losses that's interesting if you look at the losses like it's not like oh man the defense really let us down like i think in previous years in the last few years particularly it's been like man the defense has really been a problem but like again another two turnovers this week like the offense has had has been um strong but has also continued to make mistakes that have I think very much contributed to the struggles yeah. of this team. I mean, so week one, Tampa, you didn't allow too many points. And of course, there's the turnovers issue as well. When the offense turns the ball over so much, that really can make a defense look bad because you get gassed, you get put in poor field position, you, even just simple discouragement, even just like, oh, frig, we're back on the field. So, but week one and week four, the defense I thought played fine. Week two, it's their run defense, which was basically MIA. And then week three, it's it's this inability to, to cover Keenan Allen. You know, and again, like we're not necessarily doing sophisticated things. Keenan Allen is winning on a lot of shorter routes. And yeah, you get downfield a little bit. And yeah, they built off that by allowing Keenan Allen to, you know, heave that 49-yard touchdown pass. Week three and week two, you'd probably kind of hold, I would say, in my mind at least, kind of have twin concerns of too many turnovers. Yes. The defense could not actually adapt on the fly to the challenge presented by Philly's run game. And then in the Chargers case, the Chargers passing game, especially that connection between, I mean, Mike Williams, very unfortunately towards ACL left that game and he was having a nice game prior to hurting his knee. At that point though, it's, it's all Keenan Allen. Like that's, that's it. Like this, like it is the Keenan Allen show, and I don't know if you have to do like an East-West bracket where you literally have DBs on each side of Keenan Allen, so that you know what I mean to try and corral him from going left and right horizontally. God, do something. 
right? Got to do something. And I look, I'm, I make it sound too easy. I'm not an NFL defensive coordinator. I don't understand the nuances of being an NFL defensive coordinator, but I do know they didn't have a solution. And I do know that it wasn't nearly good enough. And so the, I think the defense is better than last year. And I think you and I would both agree there. At least they have some fight. At least they'll friggin' compete and play physical and fight. Um, but they're certainly not there yet. They're sure, and they're certainly not without blame, for sure. No, and, and I guess that's maybe like I think it's good. We don't disagree a whole lot, I think, on stuff. So I think it's it's yeah. um, and I, I think make for better listening if we did. Yeah, Sam, you're an a hole and an idiot. This is why. Yeah, you know, yeah. I should but say that more. I please don't. No, I. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, I, I'm, I'm good with it. And I, I guess what I would say is that I think we, we agree in that I think it has, the defense has been better. And in some ways, like if you look at the season and you're coming into it and you're like, Hey, you know what, what's going to be the problem? What's going to be the strength? Like personally, I just, I do feel like it's not the defense that has not been keeping them in games. Like I, I agree that right. there's been some problems. You knew that the Vikings defense versus the, Philadelphia offense oh, is yeah. just a recipe for disaster. Oh, like yeah. it's just it's not not good. And yet yeah. they still were yeah. there. Like again, yeah. not to say like they should have won, but they were yeah. there. Like they they had a chance. And I think a lot of that had to do with the offense. And I guess that's why I just I feel like at this point, in some ways you're encouraged because I do feel like the defense has been better and I feel like there's signs that it's going to continue to get better. And again, like I think one of the things we haven't talked about today is even the addition of uh, Marcus Davenport and man, like I know that you've been, you've been advocating, like you cannot have enough edge rushers rushers. and pass to have them. You you need them. And like Daniel Hunter has had a good season, but um, you, if you only have one option, it's yeah, you just, exactly. It's not effective. Uh, and exactly. again, like there's other guys like DJ Wanham, like, but like, like Marcus Davenport, especially near yep. the end of the game in that second yep. half, it was like, oh, like this is this. That's why they signed him. Like, yep, that's is, why they signed him. And it was discouraging to not have him. And again, who knows? Like, I, I think you always you're cautiously optimistic when a guy is coming into the season with injury concerns, but if he can yep. stay healthy, um, yeah that makes a huge difference on a defense when you have a guy that can regularly disrupt, not that they're going to get there every time, but they can regularly disrupt um, on and him and, and uh, Hunter can uh, do that together. That's going to make a difference. A hundred percent. And I mean, I don't want to, there's this kind of that logical fallacy of like correlation versus causation, but think now what, what we also saw from some of the other players. So Harrison Smith, of course, he had the three sacks, but he had two TFLs. Josh Metellus had a TFL. DJ Wanham had a TFL. Daniel Hunter had a TFL. Patrick Jones had two. And then Davenport had his one alongside his sack. And so the point being that when you put that other player in the lineup, it has that domino effect. Just like when you add on a second great centerman, it has a domino effect. Just like when you put another bat in your baseball lineup to protect your slugger. Like it, it, it just ripples through the rest of the team and it changes how an, a team has to defend you, has to approach trying to neutralize you. It, it It's such a big deal. It's such a big deal. The, going into, okay, so week five, Kansas City's coming to, to Minnesota and presumably Taylor Swift is coming with them. 
whether you think that's a big deal or not, I'll leave that to you. But the only chance the Vikings have really of shutting down the Kansas City offense is if Davenport and Hunter are just next level. Like if these two dudes are just ferocious and get to the point where they're just like a menace, then may, may, maybe Minnesota has a shot. And yeah, you got to play clean football. You cannot turn the ball over. You have to run the ball effectively and win the time of possession battle. Because the best way to defend Mahomes is to keep Mahomes on the bench, right? Ditto with Kelsey. Keep him on the bench. Can't hurt you if he's sitting there. So there's merit in that. But at some point, the defense has to go on the field. And at some point, the defense has to get penetration and make Mahomes uncomfortable. And if that doesn't happen, if Mahomes is comfortable, man, forget. We're going to see a lot of Taylor Swift beside Kelsey's mom in a press box somewhere celebrating if Davenport and Hunter and some of these other dudes can't actually get to Mahomes. Right. Yeah, and I'm glad, like, again, we'll, as we wrap up here, I, I'm curious about week five, because, again, you think about Kansas City, one of the top-tier teams uh, in the NFL. Yeah, I would say oh, yeah. that where they're at now versus maybe where they've been at before, like, when you have these solid teams, like, you are inevitably going to get weaker because you have a lot of guys that are really talented exactly. and you just you can't pay everyone. And I think that exactly. you're, it would be fair to say that this Kansas City team is getting weaker, uh, is, is a little bit weaker this year than than they were, yeah. were last year. And again, it, like you're talking about Super Bowl team, uh, like it's, yeah, that's right. it, it is. But yeah. you see even yesterday against the the Jets um, with Zach Wilson, like it was still a close game. And so I, I just, I say that in that I think that there is hope here. And maybe I'll ask this because again, I think we could talk about like what do the Vikings need to do. You've talked about that a little bit with with Hunter and and Davenport, uh, and obviously some things need to go well. But uh, maybe I'll I'll ask it this way: if the Vikings are able to win against the Chiefs Week Five, how much of a difference does that make on how this season is viewed so far? I don't know what it changes in terms of reality. Like, you win in week five against the Chiefs. Does that actually mean you're Super Bowl bound? Probably not. But in terms of perception, it changes everything. It changes everything. Especially since in week six, you have the Bears, which I know divisional games are funky. But it's also the freaking Bears, dude. They are a disaster. Like, dumpster fires are offended to be compared to the Chicago Bears, right? Like, it's 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 not good in Chicago right Um it's really not good in Chicago. So the expectation, of course, is that, you know, there's going to be a win week six. Of course, you have, you have to go. You have to get to week six and win, right? And so it doesn't matter what the expectation is. But beating the Chiefs, uh, wow. I mean, you got a real shot at getting 500. And being 500 by week six or after week six, excuse me, that would be a big deal. You know, and then week seven, you're looking at the Niners and Monday Night Football, right? And so which I'm expecting that to be like, you know, that's like, that's like teenagers running to a party with Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. Like the Vikings are going to get demolished. I think, um, oh my gosh, I think it's gonna be bad, but we'll see. And, and you feel a lot better going into that game if you're 500 than if you're two and four or one and five. So we'll just see what happens. We'll just see what happens. The week five win would be huge. I mean, would you, be willing to forgive all the previous sins if they actually go out and like steal a win from Kansas City? 
Yeah, like I, I hold no grudges. I, I think it's probably <laughs> fair, fair to say that I have, yeah. I have a little less invested in this than, uh, than maybe yeah. you would or, or other Vikings fans. Again, I, I feel um, every time I'm ready to just like fully jump on this bandwagon again for people that maybe haven't listened, I'm, I, uh, I didn't come into doing this podcast as a Vikings fan, uh, and every time I think about it, uh, I, I get pulled back into reality and realizing it's just it. Um, it's a the, this team just finds ways to to make mistakes, but I do hope for things better in the future. And I, and I guess I'd like I asked the perception because again, I think that if you look at the reality, like this team has a real uphill battle to be able to fight for a playoff oh, spot. Yeah. Even oh, yeah. at one point, we thought that the the NFC North title might be a way of getting in. Um, the lines look good, and so it's I'm still not I, like. Are you fully in on the lines? I, I still can't quite get there. Yeah, I I just I think if you look at it objectively, I think that the Lions are a better team than than the Vikings right now. That's not that's not necessarily the question. I mean, right now, who's the better team? It's clear. It's it's just like there's just no debate. Can the Lions do this over a full season and actually fulfill the expectations? I I, I, I just I'm not quite convinced yet. I I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. They, but no doubt about it. A month into the year. Who's the better team? Detroit. They're running circles around Minnesota right now. So we'll just see. I, I feel like last year was an important step that the Lions took again. I know that they didn't. It was. They didn't. Um, like they they took a step, I think, of like, again, it wasn't perfect, but but they put some good pieces, uh, good mm-hmm. some good things together. It felt like and I, I feel um, like they're in a good spot. So, again, I just think that from a perception standpoint, like you've, we as we look to the schedule to start, you have the Eagles, you have the Chiefs, and you have the 49ers. And to beat any of those teams feels like a pretty big accomplishment. And huge. I like if you were to rank those teams, I don't know where you put the Chiefs. Like, like the 49ers are a wagon. Um, the Eagles are very good too. And, and yeah, to amazing. put the Chiefs at three out of those three teams feels probably wrong considering they're, um, like, mm-hmm reigning Super Bowl champions but it's like to to win one of those games would be huge and I think that Massive. they're yep. especially to yep. put a bit of a streak together again a two-game win streak is not not much of a streak but at least it's something um yeah I feel like and you expect it to climb to three in week six right right and that's that's the thing right because as you said like going into uh that game against San Francisco if you are like you said two and four or one and five. Uh, at that point, then the the Caleb Williams talk really it's starts to, to exactly to increase. And exactly. So I, I think um I, I think this Vikings team is good. I don't think that they're they they still need to show more to be really good and, and they would need yep. to put in a significant performance to be able to make that Chiefs game competitive. Uh, okay. but we know it's possible. It's the NFL. Uh, okay. and the Vikings can do it. Um, so I, I didn't answer your question, but, um, <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's end it here though. Okay. Then let's end on this one. Just simple monocausal one reason. Um, the Minnesota Vikings will upset the Kansas city chiefs. If blank, go ahead. Yeah. I, you mentioned it earlier. I think if they can really, build off the run game that it was this week like you said that it's just to 
both maintain possession, but also in that to keep Mahomes off the field, uh, that feels like a massive component of what this Vikings mm-hmm. team will need to do. Okay. You? Uh, I, w- I won't say the Davenport Hunter thing because I've already said that. Instead, I'll, I'll say um, find a way to ensure Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones don't just terrorize the team. They're, they're going to make plays because they're that good, but just don't just like terrorize you from, you know, first second to the final second. Uh, that would be the, how you do that? Well, that's, that's a little trickier, but that's the kind of general thought. Yeah. If someone wants to pay us enough money, we'll, we'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, sure. We do know the answer. We're just not we, sure. We just, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, we can't give away that information for free. Exactly. That's right. Um, good. Well, we'll wrap up here. Thanks everyone for listening again, as always. Uh, I know, Kyle's doing uh, good writing as, as others are. Go check out vikingsterritory.com, uh, purpleptsd.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens this week against the Chiefs. Hope it's a good game. And uh, hopefully, again, maybe just the, the last thing would be uh, avoid some turnovers. It'd be nice to have a, a clean game uh, with no, uh, no turnovers. So yep. win that turnover battle. All right. Thanks everyone listening. Have a good week. Bye.